April 19th, 2000, Gotham City. Terror filled Helena Bertinelli's body as she watched her father struggle against the masked man who had just hurt her mom. Her mom was quiet and unmoving on the bedroom floor. Her blood still stained Helena's Sunday dress. Her father told her to run, and run she did, finding solace in the corner of her papa's closet, legs curled and cheeks stained with tears. She flinched, a small scream escaping her throat as a bang echoed throughout the small room. She peered through the narrow slits of the closet door as her father collapsed, first slumping to his knees, then collapsing onto the bedroom floor. She saw the blood as it started leaking through his dress shirt onto the wooden floor, forever staining it a bright crimson. The masked man turned toward the closet, gun raised, when the window shattered. A rain of glass shards showered the gunman, and he was forced to protect his face with both hands. The moment he did so, a fist crashed into his sternum, knocking him off his feet and hurtling him backwards into the wall. Helena's savior turned to her, stepping closer and speaking, but she heard none of it. Her parents were dead. She was alone. July 23rd, 2016 Sixteen years ago, she lost everything. She likely would have died, too, had the Batman not inadvertently saved her. She never did get the chance to speak to him because it was so early in the life of Batman that Gotham police were ordered to bring him in. Helena had been put into Child Protective Services when the police found her in that closet, traumatized beyond belief. She was later taken to live with her uncle's nephew, Salvatore Asaro, in Sicily, Italy. For the next several years, her mind tirelessly worked to find out who exactly the gunman was when one fateful day, he was released from prison. He had to have connections. Even when people told her to stop, that Batman would find them, she didn't listen. It wasn't about finding the guy and stopping him. Not yet, at least. It was about finding out exactly why he killed her mother and father. If the Batman happened to get involved, she would handle it. Beyond her investigations, she learned about martial arts and weaponry from watching her uncle and cousin fight, and when the day came, she finally asked Salvatore to teach her. As she continued her non-stop search, the nightmares persisted, until one night her cousin told her that to end the nightmares, she had to remember that blood cries for blood. It was during her time at university amid her investigations that her family were, in fact, part of the notorious Mafia family. She had no doubt in her mind that her parents were killed by a member within the Mafia. She was going to need some help. Helena stood in front of a door, gently knocking on it and waiting for an answer. Roughly a minute or two had passed when the door's lock clicked before it opened, revealing a wheelchair-bound Vietnamese woman. Can I help you? The 53-year-old woman, Paula Croc, asked. Helena took a deep breath before she responded. Yes, I wanted to ask you something. I'm in the middle of an investigation, and it's reaching a point where I need to get more involved. She then finally asked. I want to revive the Huntress. Paula's eyes widened, and she moved to close the door, but Helena stopped her, placing her foot between the door. No, Paula spoke her tone becoming acidic as the memories of the time being Huntress flooded her mind, along with all that pain brought to her and her family. 
there is no more Huntress. That name does not exist. Helena was persistent. I know of that moniker. What it did to you. She gestured to Paula's wheelchair-bound state. But I want to make it mean something beyond a criminal. It can change. It can be a hero. Paula frowned. She didn't want to revive that title just for it to be misused again. Hell, she didn't even know this woman. Paula wheeled herself away from the door. Who are you, anyway? she asked. My name is Helena. Helena Bertinelli. Paula's frown deepened. She had heard the last name before. The Mafia family of Gotham. I thought that family was killed off 16 years ago. Helena frowned, the sound of gunshots and glass shattering ringing in her head. They almost were. The only reason I'm alive today is because of Batman. Paula looked at her, lips pressed into a thin line, before parting them and asking, If I agree to let you carry my title, just what is your intention? Helena knew this was coming. She had one shot to explain this. She took a deep breath. My parents were killed 16 years ago. Ever since I turned 10, I've been trying to figure out why. She sighed, looking down. I learned what my family was. Who ordered the hit? A mafia leader named Stephen Mandragora. She had met the man before her parents died when she was eight years old. The thought of his cold and evil eyes still made her skin crawl. She continued, her grip tightening on her bag. For years, I've wanted nothing more than to kill him for what he did, she admitted. But when I learned who my family was, what they did, I knew I couldn't stoop to their level. She looked back up at Paula, her eyes hardened with determination. I want to repent for what my family has done, what the Mafia has done. She placed her bag down and continued. I learned about you by accident. I dug deeper, finding out you wanted to change, to set yourself straight after everything you did. Not just for yourself, but for your daughters. Helena spoke softly. I want to atone for everything my family did. She opened her bag, pulling out a purple mask. And I want to start by making the Huntress a hero. Paula was surprised by her dedication to wanting to be a better person, and the fact that she wanted to start by going after the Mafia, which held ties to her own family. She was strongly considering handing her the title. She placed her hands on her lap. To bear the name of the Huntress, you need to start by excising the demons in you. Actions speak louder than words in this world. If you intend to go through with atonement, take down the source of it. Helena nodded, a ghost of a smile gracing her lips. Thank you. The drive back to her home was rather uneventful. While she drove, Helena stole quick glances at her bag that contained the costume she designed. Initially, it was a full body and face concealing outfit, as she never saw herself as a hero. It was the actions of the original Huntress that inspired her. If someone who had drenched themselves in their enemy's blood could change after enduring so much grief and pain, then so could she. She hadn't known about what her family had committed in their mafia run, but she knew she had lived a life of privilege and high living off the blood and extortion of innocence. 
Eleanor finally reached her apartment complex, walking inside and heading to her room. She had to rest for tonight. July 24th, 12.04 a.m. The illumination of the moonlight cascaded into her room as she sat on the edge of her bed. She was fully dressed in her costume, with her helmet in her hands, staring intently at it. Her costume had a utility belt, containing medical aids in case of injury, smoke bombs, and smaller weapons for close combat. Retractable staffs were strapped to her back, and a small crossbow mounted to her right forearm. She took a deep, shuddering breath as she turned her helmet over so she could see the backside of it, slowly raising it up and placing it on her head. It was time for the Huntress to be reborn. 1.22 a.m. Stephen Mandragora settled into his meeting with the respective branches of the Mafia, which he now ran after the removal of the Bertinelli family. Their expansion within Gotham City had already diminished, with the presence of Batman and the GCPD breathing down their necks. Now there was another masked vigilante that had been causing a hassle for them for the past two weeks. Some of the Mafia had considered taking him out, citing his gluttony had made the family reckless in overconfidence. But Mandragora's right-hand man remained fiercely loyal to Stephen, as he was the one who provided for the assassination of the Bertinelli family, even going so far as to pay a substantial, untraceable payment to bail him out. So for now, they had to indulge in Mandragora's consumption of a delicate balance. As the meeting began, about a dozen or so guards had been assigned on the floor above to keep intruders out. They were armed with blunt-based weapons and a minimal amount of guns to lower the risk of friendly fire from occurring. Some were slacking off, playing cards at one of the desks that was in the center of the room. Suddenly, one of the windows shattered as two arrows shot through, cutting through the glass like paper and piercing two of the gun-wielding goons' hands before anyone could have a chance to react. A motorcycle broke down the doorway, crashing into the remaining gun-wielding guards. Helena jumped off the cycle as it crashed, landing in the center of the room. The goons charged at her, attempting to stop her as the two remaining guards were trying to remove the arrows that had pierced them to the walls. Helena downed one of the goons with a swift kick to the jaw and a right hook to the other. A goon managed to remove the arrow embedded in the center of his hand, blood pouring as he raised his gun and began firing at her. Quickly retracting her staff, Helena moved to cover, arrows flying towards her remaining opponents before kicking the table into the legs of one trying to rush her. She continued hiding and returned fire. She pulled some smoke bombs from her belt and threw them to the floor, releasing a cloud that hindered the goon's vision of her. The remaining goon, vision clouded by smoke, heard footsteps coming closer and he fired, only for the smoke to spread out and reveal nothing in front of him. Sweat began to roll down the sides of his face, his heart stopping when a gentle exhale caressed the back of his neck. He never had a chance to turn around before Helena's staff wrapped around his throat and he was pulled further into the smoke. Beneath all this, the Mandragora Mafia was hearing the chaos unfold. Mandragora nodded towards his right hand, pulling out a Thompson and shooting the ceiling. Helena, still keeping her staff around the goon's neck, flipped him over as the bullets burst through the floor. She had narrowly avoided the bullets, though it did graze parts of her costume and broke the skin. When the goon landed back on the floor, they both fell through the weakened floorboards and crashed onto the large desk the Mafia was sitting at. Helena let go of the goon, who was now unconscious. She jumped off the desk, landing in front of the head members of the Mafia branches. Most of the members looked concerned, the others staring warily and wanting to reach for their weapons. Stephen Mandragora, however, remained undeterred as he continued slurping down some oysters. He smirked at the woman standing before him. My dear, 
your entrance was most impressive. Police are already on their way, Helena scowled at his leering gaze. Mandragora gave another sly grin, slowly standing up, and the rest rose with him, his right hand taking a step forward to act as a second barrier between Helena and the desk that stood between them. The rest of the mafia headed to follow Mandragora out of the room, one even raising their hat in a mocking gesture of good day. The right hand stood alone with Helena. Before anyone could say a word, Helena fired an arrow, aiming at one of Mandragora's legs, but the right hand caught it, slipping it between his fingers. His eyes never once broke contact with hers. Years back, he said as the leaders left the room, I was once put behind bars. I swore to never go back to that, and our generous leader made sure I paid my dues. I trained and bled to finally get this chance. He snapped the arrow in half and pulled out a pistol. I will end the last of the Bertinelli bloodline. Helena's eyes widened. The right hand figured her out. I never forget a face. Eyes once so innocent now bathed in the blood of her family. Her gaze hardened, rage pulsing through her veins, when suddenly her cousin's words echoed in her head. Blood cries for blood. No. No, she would not give in to that temptation. She would do this right. She would not give in to it. Her mind, distracted and clouded with conflict, gave the right hand the chance to launch a flurry of onslaught onto her. He landed a punch to the right side of her cheek, a flash of pain coursing through her face. He planted his knee into her sternum, showing Helena no mercy. She collapsed to her knees, gasping for air. The right hand quickly pulled out a gun, intent on ending the last of her family. Helena reacted quickly, firing an arrow into his shin. It embedded deep into his leg, causing the man to scream in pain and drop his gun. You bitch, he snarled, giving her a solid kick to the side with his good leg. Picking her up by the collar of her costume, he lifted her up so she could see his anger-ridden face. Just die already! She spat blood in his face, the blood trickling down from his forehead to his upper lip. Still got fight, huh? He growled before tossing her into the desk, glasses and plates shattering and falling off as she landed. He pulled something out of his pocket, something Helena could recognize from a mile away. Her mother's necklace, the charm a pure 24-carat gold cross. Huntress stood slowly, raising her fists as the right hand kissed the cross in mockery of her family. Give it back, Helena growled, ready for round two. The right hand looked at her, putting the cross back in his pocket. Come and get it. A sudden right hook left him staggering backwards. He reacted quickly, giving her a blow to the side of the head. They continued to return punches and kicks back and forth. After receiving a few more hits, Helena caught a glimpse of the arrow still embedded in the man's shin. It gave her the opening she needed. Using a quick kick, she managed to kick the arrow even deeper into his leg. He let out a howl of pain as his leg buckled out from under him. She grabbed the sides of his head and launched a knee to the jaw, knocking him unconscious. The right hand of Stephen Mangdragora was down. Blood cries for blood. Helena took a breather, rubbing her temples as a throbbing headache became known. The echoes of her cousin's voice continued to play in her mind. She wouldn't succumb to it. She will not kill him, no matter what. All that was left was to apprehend Madragora. She reached down and removed the cross necklace from the man's pocket, holding it up and staring at it. She was quickly interrupted when several gunshots went off. Helena glanced at the exit where the gunshots came from. She pocketed the necklace and raced to the source of the noise. What she saw when she reached the outside of the building wasn't a satisfying sight. There laid Stephen Madragora, with blood pouring out of his mouth as several cars were already departing to get away from the scene. She wouldn't have a chance to catch them in time. 
but that wasn't her priority or even her current focus. It was the little boy that was currently holding Stephen's hand as tears ran down his cheeks. Helena noticed he looked a lot like Mandragora when he was younger. His son. That was his son. She knew what she needed to do. She slowly walked towards the little boy, who stared back at her with fear in his eyes. She pulled out a thick cloth, an alcohol bottle, and some pliers from her belt and got to work, her face stoic due to the irony of it all, saving the man who had her parents killed. No one was going to die today. 6.45 a.m. The head of the mafia and various associates were arrested three hours ago after a vicious brawl occurred by an unknown vigilante trying to stop the group's dangerous activities. Aside from a few injuries handed to the associates and Stephen Mandragora currently in a critical condition with some wounds, GCPD found him in a stable condition with the son helping to prevent further bleeding. When asked for any comments, he responded, Huntress saved my daddy. The TV was switched off as Paula set the remote down and turned towards Helena, who was using bandages to nurse her wounds. She smiled. I know it wasn't easy for you. Helena looked up at her, a tight smile appearing on her face. No, it wasn't. She paused. Do you... Do you ever move past what happened? Paula smiled sadly as memories of her estranged husband came to her mind. No. No, you don't. Most days I wonder how I could ever live with myself knowing what I did, what my husband did to us. She looked at the picture of her daughters hanging on her wall. But I'm reminded of why I keep moving forward. I have people that depend on me. Knowing that is enough for me to make it to the next day. You ever think I'll find someone like that? Helena asked softly. Paula responded, nodding. Yes, I believe you will, Huntress. Helena smiled, but it quickly faded as she remembered something. She pulled out her mother's necklace from her pocket. She gently grabbed Paula's hand and placed it in her palms. Here. Think of this as a fresh start for you and your family. Paula was surprised. But this is your mother's. Helena nodded. Yeah, but I want to give back any chance I get. It's the least I can do. Helena stood as Paula took it, wrapping her hands around it. Thank you, dear. I'll see you again sometime? Helena nodded. Of course. She picked up her bag and saw herself out. She stepped out of the house and onto the driveway. You did the right thing, a gruff voice called. Helena stopped. Batman. Batman jumped down from where he was perched and walked over to her. Trust me, taking this step is a good start for you. I've been faced with that exact temptation myself, wanting to kill the one who hurt you the most, Batman said. Helena clutched her bag. What do you want from me? She asked. Batman remained stoic as he answered. An offer, to help with fighting for a common good. Helena contemplated this and was just about to answer before a static sound came from Batman's mask. Batman, come in! A voice spoke over a radio frequency. Batman activated it and responded. Commissioner? No, it's Harvey. Commissioner Gordon has been kidnapped by the Joker, and Barbara's been shot. 